I'm Hans. And I'm Laura. And we, we love, love to, to go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Before the pandemic, we loved to go to the theater and watch a film on Saturday. And now we're doing it in our living room. But one way or the other, the one thing we love more than watching the movie is discussing it. So now we get to do it with you and a cocktail. So enjoy. Hans, Hans and Laura, Laura go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Hello, welcome back everyone. This week we watched a 2011 film, My Week with Marilyn. My Week with Marilyn is what we watch. That is correct. Um, so you might wonder, why did we decide to watch this movie? The answer is because we were looking for a movie to watch, and this was a movie. Um, I think it's been on our list of to see movies for a while. Um, and for one reason or another, simply hasn't been the one we watched that week. So this week happened to be the week for My Week with Marilyn. Yes, that's true. It, this is actually a movie that I know I in particular have wanted to watch because I remember when it came out um, that, you know, um, Michelle Williams received a lot of recognition for this film, and I've always been a Michelle Williams fan. And also, I oddly went through a weird Marilyn Monroe phase after I read Joyce Carol Oates. Was that uh, when you book. dyed your hair platinum blonde? Yeah, exactly. When I dyed my hair yeah. platinum blonde yeah. and started wearing bright li red lipstick. Yep, that was it. No, when I read Joyce Carol Oates' book Blonde. Um, so the movie is supposedly based on, or not supposedly, is based on a book that was written by Colin Carter. Was that his name? Colin I believe Carter. that was his name. Um, based on his diary entries from um, the time that he spent on a movie set with Marilyn Monroe. And it was about the quote unquote week they spent together. Although the movie's kind of confusing because it's much longer than a week. The title's kind of confusing in the setting of the movie because it clearly takes place. It's both longer than a week and seems to be less time than a week, week that he spent with Marilyn At the Mario. same time, mm -hmm. right, exactly. Yeah, simultaneously a week and also less than a week and more than a week. So maybe on average it comes out to a week. Right. Maybe it was like a Monday to Friday deal. Maybe it was kind of like if he condensed all of the time that he spent around Marilyn Monroe on the movie set, that that would make up about a week's about worth a week, of time. time. Something like that. This, of course, was enough time for him to fall madly in love with her, despite the many warnings that she would only break his heart. And, of course, spoiler alert... She goes on to break his heart. But he remembers the time fondly, hence the book and the movie. That's right. So I think we want to talk about the movie. But first, Hans, what are we drinking? Well, this evening we are drinking... Basil Hayden Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey on the Rocks, aged 10 years. It's a very nice rye whiskey, um, surprisingly um, smooth for a rye, in my opinion. I would agree. And um, very drinkable, very tasty. Not a little disturbingly, 
disturbingly drinkable considering um, the quality of the product. I'll, I'm afraid I'll simply finish off this bottle much too quickly. Yeah, you easily could. I mean, I'm a big bourbon fan. I like the sweetness of bourbon, but you know, this is this is as smooth as anything I've ever drank. Just like Rob Thomas said in the song, so smooth. So smooth. What comes after that in the song? I have no clue. Really? I don't even know what your song you're talking about. Oh, well. So, Laura, what did you think about this week? Oh, wait. What, what? What? It's just like the ocean under the moon. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the same as the emotion that I get from you. Exactly. Now, now you know, I know what you're talking about. You know about. the song that I'm talking about. How could you not know the song? Well, in part because... You said it was a Rob Thomas song, not a Santana song featuring, featuring Rob Thomas. Ah, fair enough. And also, in all fairness, the song is called Smooth, Not So Smooth. There you go. Well, one way or the other, what did you think of my week with Marilyn? I thought it was okay. I think the thing is, is, so this is a movie that was based on a book, as we learned based on what the movie indicated to a us. movie based on a book, based on a diary. Based on a diary. I thought that probably it's a very interesting book, but I just didn't really think it came together as a movie. I Michelle Williams was nominated for Best Actress, and probably rightfully so. Because she was very good in it. But the movie just sort of felt lacking to me. Like, it felt like a movie that was trying to be really good. Yeah. And it was very interesting. And I know some about Marilyn Monroe. I think maybe I thought I knew more about her than I actually do. Because, as I mentioned previously, I'd read this this Joyce Carol Oates book, which was kind of, I mean, it was fiction-ish. It wasn't, it was like historical fiction. It wasn't, um, you know, just like a, a biography or something, but it also was based based on facts and a lot, and a lot of it was true, but it had been quite a while since I read it. And so I was kind of left like wanting to know more. And I just felt like there was many things in the movie that were kind of insinuated but never really fleshed out fully and then I was like I think maybe it would have been more impactful I just didn't fully get the point of the movie I guess sure besides it's like this guy had these experiences and that's fair but the experiences didn't seem profound enough to warrant a movie no I I, I don't I don't disagree with you you know I I watched I I think it's interesting, you know, Hollywood has notoriously been said to love making movies about itself, right? Right. And in this case, not only is it a movie about making movies, but also a movie about a very famous, you know, actress. 
and by and large, Hollywood loves to make movies about Hollywood, and we by and large love to watch movies about Hollywood. Um, I'm, you know, yeah, this I mean, is. You say that, and I'm like just thinking about Hell Caesar and how. Oh, like, Hell Caesar! How wonderful! Hail, and, and what Hail a delightful Caesar. movie! And and how I wish we could talk about Hell Caesar on the podcast. Yeah. Or or even La La Land, right? Totally. What a what yeah. a what a delightful movie about about the about the world of about the world of movies or or the or the um or the um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or or the silent movie. Um Oh yeah. What was the name of the silent movie? The actor? Uh, the actor, yes. Is that what it was? I think that was the name of it. Well, it was great and it won the Academy Award that yep. year. So we can go look that up. Um but to be fair, this actually had almost nothing to do with Hollywood. It didn't. No, it, it didn't. It didn't. But but here's here's the thing is that is that that being said, I guess about this movie, I'd say Hollywood loves to watch make movies about Hollywood. And this was a movie about Hollywood. And that's about all I could say about it. I don't I, I think that there were problems with it. I agree with you. I felt that it kind of fell flat. You know, this guy had some interesting experiences. It was kind of an interesting thing. It was a different, you know, sort of an interesting portrayal of Marilyn Monroe. But I guess my thought was, I agree with you. I don't feel like like his experiences were really enough to really make a movie of. And the thing is, is it like, do I know much about Marilyn Monroe? I really don't. So I kind of wonder if the movie shouldn't, you know, if we didn't need a movie about Marilyn Monroe, honestly, and not a movie about about Colin's experiences with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. She's not well, she's her her life story isn't well enough known, I think, to many people to to need to have an alternative a, an alternative angle to approach her life from. Right. I mean, I, I I think the thing was my biggest problem that I had with the movie was that I sort of felt like Marilyn Monroe who, you know, we know sort of like this the some like it hot idea of Marilyn Monroe, right? Which is what sort of like the persona that is Marilyn Monroe. Cause like, let's face it, Marilyn Monroe is a persona. So like she shows up and everybody falls in love with her, including, you know, including him and everybody tells him, don't fall in love with her. She's going to use you and leave you. And then, you know, she actually maybe spends like two or three days semi-interested in him and he completely falls in love with her in these two or three days. And I'm not even sure why, because besides her like, you know, sex pot Marilyn Monroe persona, she didn't really put anything out there that was worth falling in love with based on the movie, like not even the idea of who she is, just like based on what was portrayed in the movie. Like it's all she did was showed a mild in, mild interest in this guy. And I, I totally get it that like as a young kid, you would you would fall in love with her and you would have these three days with her and it would be impactful. I just don't, again, I just don't think it warrants a film. Oh, okay, so 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 I think this brings us to to our to our, our our actors in the movie a little bit, and and so 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 you know I'm, I'm, I I have a little bit of a tough time with the the two leads in this movie because I really like 
uh, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is, is great. She's great. She's great in all sorts of characters and all sorts of roles and, and great in all sorts. I really like Michelle Williams. I think she's really good. Um, I also like Eddie uh, Redgraves. Redmond. Redmond, yeah. Well, even though I, I don't, didn't say his name right, or actually even say his name, I suppose, um, I like him. I, I find him to be a very uh, sort of um, affable type of character, you know, on, on yeah, screen. Yeah, he's I, completely likable because he's kind of like, he's 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 got something about him that makes him interesting. Like, he's 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 got the freckles. Yeah, he's got sort of a shy, approachable right, thing about exactly. him. But you know, he's got some acting chops, and yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I've I've liked him in other in other movies. I, I I believe he was one of the leads in the Les Misérables movie. Was he not the recent one of the more recent versions of Les Misérables, a movie that's been made and Les Mis, yeah, a story he might that's have, been staged in so many forms, but he might have been. I was, he was in the Theory of Everything, though, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes, he also yeah. was in the Theory of Everything, which is a that, movie I did not see. Yes, you definitely did. We watched it together. Uh, did we? Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Hmm. I think so. I can't imagine I saw it without you. We might have. We might have seen that. Yeah, maybe we did. Yeah, actually, I believe we did. Um, it was before he became sort of the um, the wheelchair Stephen Hawking, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. We did. So. Um, so. So that's that's true. He's a he's a likable actor. Anyway. So here's the thing: is I like them both. I, I don't think. It, he had any no no critiques about him. I don't have a critique about Michelle Williams either. I thought she was uh, necessarily good in the movie, but I think that one of the problems is is that a lot of this movie or this story relied on the idea that somehow Marilyn Monroe sparkled on screen and also had some sort of a a, a crazy slash a slash magnetic charismatic personality to her. Do you know what I mean? Or, pre yeah. or maybe not personality, but presence rather. And the thing is, is that I'm afraid that either through the the acting or the way in which it was captured in the movie, it didn't really show that. Because I don't, I mean, like, you know, did did Michelle Williams do a, do, do, do a, do a solidly workable or solidly good job of it? Sure, you know, yeah. And I think that, that Michelle Williams shined in the scenes when she was being the vulnerable Marilyn Monroe and the the you know the 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 one the, the the person who has all sorts of troubles and issues and psychological problems probably and substance abuse issues and everything. Those scenes she was very strong in. I think the problem is is that in creating some sort of of enigmatic screen persona, I just don't think that came through there. You know. Could, could I understand that by the way that they were portraying it and by other people's responses to her? Yes. Yeah. But I didn't see that myself, I well, guess. Well, right. And that's not to say that it was that it was bad. It was just like, I don't see something like super special and sparkly about this. Right, I right, right. I see somebody, I see, I see something that's good, but, but not this like once in a lifetime, like, bam, yeah. she's got this thing right. on the screen and she's a mess to work with, but wow, can she turn this shit on when she can turn it on? Right. And and I just, I didn't get that from her. And I feel like, 
I, I don't know if that was her fault or, or the issue no, with the no, directing. No, no. I'm not sure that no, Michelle no, no. Williams I don't, is the right actor for it in some I, ways. Well, no, actually, I think, I see, and I don't think this is a failure of Michelle Williams. I don't think it's a failure on her. I think it's a failure of the film. And I think this is one of the, the problems with sure. the film is that they just, I think the film relied on the fact that they could just say over and over yeah. and over again. Look like, at her. Look, look at, at her. her. Look at her. Isn't she great? Isn't she great? And you were just supposed to be like, yes. But the thing is, is like we all like sort of know those like quintessential Marilyn Monroe scenes. And like the problem is, is that there's no way to sort of make those scenes better, right? Like they needed to do something. Yeah, and I think, you know, right, that's that's true. And I feel like, you know, one of the problems is is that I think to a modern a modern audience, understanding sort of the appeal of Marilyn Monroe is not fully understandable exactly. Because, you know, like if I was to watch a Marilyn Monroe movie, does it comes across as 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 nothing special that's, to me. That's fair. You know? That's but, fair. But, but I mean, like, I think that one of the, one of the things that's great about movies is when they can kind of translate something for a modern sensibility. The, no, I hope you understand is, yes, from a modern that's lens. That's my like, point. But here's what, here's what you would have been. Here's how you'd have seen it at the time. Maybe they, she didn't look quite like this, but like the thing is you're going to get the feeling that you would have had for it in 1956 here. And I, I think, Get that. That's right. This is my point that this is sort of like one of the, this is, I get, I think one of the problems with the film is like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I don't, I don't think that translated, but I think the problem is, is that that was the job of the, the film was to translate that for us. Well, and I get that it's hard and I get that it's complicated. And I, I, as a layman have no clue how you would do that. I, I have no suggestions, but no, we just criticize the movies. No, we don't make them. No, no. And if we could make them, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Well, if we did make, if we, I don't make movies, but if I did, they'd definitely be better than every other movie that's currently being made. Of course. Of, of course. course they would. Right. But I, I do agree because I, here's, here's always my perfect example is like, I think. Is it perfect, Laura? And no, I think it is. I think this translates is like, for me, quintessential hair will always be Jennifer Aniston hair. And that's. Hair? Hair. This is run with me on this. Like, I was. I'll go for a I jog. Was, I was pondering this actually today because I think I saw a commercial for voting that had Jennifer Aniston in it. Anyway, the point is, is I was pondering this today because, of course, this is Jennifer Aniston in 2020 and she had perfect hair because Jennifer Aniston has always had perfect hair for her era. Hmm. Like I, I feel like for people of my age, Jennifer Aniston has the quintessential hair, right? And the thing is, is like, you can watch an episode of Friends and be like, what is with Jennifer Aniston's hair? And I totally get that. But if you were of that time and place, all you wanted was Jennifer Aniston's hair. Mm, and the thing is okay. about Jennifer Aniston is that like throughout the era, she's at least in my mind, and probably not everyone would agree with me, but she's always had like some of the best hair throughout history. Okay. For our friends on the podcast, it can hear keys being tapped. 
Hans is Googling Jennifer Aniston's hair right now. Yeah, I am. I, I'm doing exactly that. Yes. Um, but if you aren't of my age and of my era. Is then, this the right era here? This would be the right era. Well, no, but this is what I'm saying. See, this is Jennifer Aniston from Friends. And the thing is, is that that hair is ridiculous. But at that time, that was the that was the hairstyle. I had that. I had those weird layers. It didn't look ridiculous long... to me. But anyway, I, I, I'm losing. I'm, I'm forgetting why we're talking about Jennifer Aniston's hair. We are talking about it because it, we are talking about how things are of a time and a and of a ah, place. Okay, and if you right. are ten years younger than me, Jennifer Aniston's hair is completely unimportant to you, while for me, Jennifer Aniston's hair will probably always be the gold standard of white girl hair. Okay. And I think that the job of the filmmaker is to translate that sort of like standard to a universal audience, right? the hair just being a, like, just being a thing. Like, Marilyn Monroe, like, that's kind of confusing for us. Right. Because we have grown up in a different time and place when, like, the appeal of Marilyn Monroe does, simply does not exist other than, like, this character of Marilyn Monroe. Right. Which is actually kind of interesting. Right? Marilyn Monroe was a character. She was a character in her time and place. And then, like, She's just been perpetuated as a character over time. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like she well, was, aren't, she all, was a, aren't all movie stars characters? Yes, maybe. But. Public personas characters is what I mean by that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. But there's some people that are. That are Iconic. There's some people that are iconic and there's some people that are more authentic. Well, maybe so. But I mean, you know, I, I think, I, I think, not, I think that this is a, a little bit of an unfair comparison because, and again, this is, this is no discredit to Michelle Williams' performance in the movie because I, I, th I think that she was good. Um, and, and I, I, I think she's a good actress, but, you know, and, and, and this comparison isn't fair because this other, this other character was a was not a lead in the movie, but but I think about we we mentioned Hail Caesar already, and in Hail Caesar, um, the Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson played the sort of the the the, the female the female um, I, I don't know the the. The archetype that Marilyn Monroe yes, was. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. And and I, I felt that I, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I felt that, that that kind of conveyed sort of the idea of the character in some ways almost better. Not necessarily the behind the scenes part, but the on scenes part. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I like, would... like there is that whole like big number, the whole like like swimming scene in 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 um Hell Caesar where they did the whole like Buster Bixby style, right. um, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like, like, like swimming pool synchronized dance thing, and it was it was grand and 
Yes. Scarlett Johansson was a movie star in that scene. She looked like a movie star. Marilyn Monroe never looked like, as portrayed in this movie, never really looked like a sparkling movie star, per se. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I will say that Hell Caesar is an unfair comparison. Yes, I right? said because that, right. Hell Caesar was a movie that was made for us. It was made for us. It was made for people who like to watch movies to sort of take their perception of movies and make it Well, what was this movie made for? This is not humorous. your uh, no, July no, no. blockbuster no. compete with, uh, you know, yes. Captain Marvel yes. or something like that. Fair, fair, fair. But this was all based on this guy's diaries. So, so, you know, whatever. I mean, I, we haven't read his diaries. We haven't read the book. But this was supposed to be based on the book, and it was based on the diaries. And I think there were things that were interesting about it. I guess the thing was, is like, it just, there, it wasn't, I just come back to it, it wasn't enough. Like, there were so many things that you like, you know, they, they, they highlighted some themes, but like, I wanted to know more. I guess that was yeah. my thing. I ended up not really caring about the main character, I guess. But he still was a main character, right? It wasn't like you think about this is a bad comparison because this is a book and not a movie. But you think about The Great Gatsby, right? And the movie is all, I mean, the book is all about Gatsby, but it's told through the perspective of the narrator. But the narrator is almost not a character in The Great Gatsby. He is, but he's He's not. And like this, this movie instead was supposed to sort of be about him calling Carter. Right. But like, I don't know. Like we so know, we, we know so little about Colin Carter other than just, he was this rich person that had a dream and quote unquote ran away to the circus and fell in love with Marilyn Monroe, which doesn't make him special because the entire rest of the world fell in love with Marilyn Monroe. Right. He just had slightly more access. And then guess what? Surprise, surprise, she broke his heart because guess what? She broke everybody's heart except for like, well, I think she just broke everybody's heart. Well, here's, you know, here's, here's the thing is, is so, so a couple, couple other things I'll mention um, that, I found it that 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 so there is hmm. all right. So this this doesn't have to do with the movie itself, but rather maybe the story behind it. Yeah, I found it a little bit irksome that Colin Carter's character, Colin Carter's character, is supposed to sort of be this like young guy who's trying to get a break in the English movie business, which, mind you, is. Hey, there is a there's a movie industry in England, and there was back then. I'm aware of that, but it's very different, very different world than say. Anyway, he also had the privilege. To this be able is where to do I'm it. getting to. The whole reason why he could do that is because his father was extremely wealthy. He lived in a castle and attended a boarding school that was founded by King Henry the Sixth. He 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 wanted to take Marilyn Monroe to 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 a Windsor Castle, and he was able to get in by saying that he knew Sir So and So So and So, the royal librarian, who was and his then, godfather, and then who was able, yeah, who was his godfather, and then was able to show Marilyn Monroe the prized 
things in the library, including sketches by Leonardo da Vinci. Right. I, I mean, like, this was not an average guy who happened to have some, like, crazy stumble luck upon American film film iconography and, and Marilyn Monroe. He was a wealthy person with connections who simply was not an established person in the movie business. But clearly, clearly, he, he, he was... So it just speaks to the, the, a bit of a myth here that I think is, is unfair to continue to sort of perpetuate. Marilyn Monroe was not, was not having a little fling with just some like average Joe Schmo on the set. He was the average Joe Schmo who was no average Joe Schmo at all. Well, I do have to say that I, as you're saying this, though, that actually something that struck me is like what an American perspective for you to have. Well, and it's probably not very much the British perspective, which would be, well, of course he did. Because that's, we as Americans like to pretend that's the way things don't work in this country. Well, maybe so. And sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. But I think in, in other countries, people think like, well, of course he did, because that's who he is. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm not British, but your perspective strikes me as uniquely American as you were explaining this. Perhaps I'm wrong about this, but intriguing nonetheless. Hey, this is a co-production with the BBC, was it not? It was. It totally was. Um, a couple other things that um, that I think are worth pointing out is I don't I don't know why Emma Watson's character was in this movie. I'm not really sure either. I don't even understand why that storyline existed. No, no, it seemed to go nowhere and nowhere. And I'm also just not sure why she had to have such terrible bangs. And I'm really curious. And I want to know, like, if she was also filming another movie or something at the same time that required her to have some sort of strange haircut. Because I don't know what people were doing in Britain during that time era. But if they were wearing bangs like that... They, they had some. They were making some seriously questionable choices. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a little curious about um how, why Dame Judi Dench was in the movie too. But she stole the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, she was good. This was my yeah, next she was point good. that I was gonna make. My next point I was gonna make is that if I ever for a minute question the Dame Judi Dench, I got a slap in the face with this movie because I was like, here's the thing: is like. Michelle Williams, yes, she was very good and she was very vulnerable in many of the scenes of this movie and totally deserved her nominations. But why the heck was Judy Dench not like put on a platform carried and carried around the country by half naked men because her performance was that good that 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 is what was required. Yeah, I mean, I could give a, a probably a long list of reasons why that exact scenario that you just described didn't did not happen. Um, it's very cold in England. That that's probably the main reason why that wouldn't have been a good idea to have happen. I, I think actually that's about the only reason. Probably she um, was so good though. She was so good. Yeah. No, she she was she was she, she stole was good. the show. She was good. 
And I also realized in this movie, and this is a disclosure to our our listeners who no doubt think that Laura and I, and especially me, clearly, are encyclopedic figures when it comes to film knowledge. Um, but I'm bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need the bongos right there. Um, Lawrence Olivier, I, I know him from some BBC productions that air on... Um, PBS from time to time. I think we've seen him in maybe a late night TCM thing yeah. that's popped up yeah, every I, once I in a while. I believe so. I believe so. But I realized while watching this movie that I always get Lawrence Olivier confused with the main actor in Lawrence of Arabia, no doubt, simply because of the fact that the Lawrence is shared and they're, one's a British character and the other's a British actor. And this helped me to remember that, no, in fact, Lawrence Olivier was not in Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know that I made that connection. No, that's fine. I'm, you should. That's to your credit that you didn't make <laughs> that connection because <laughs> clearly it was a faulty connection in the first place. That being said, there was one scene. The I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure who, who the actor was that, um, that played him. I'm not, I mean, I, I looked briefly at his name and it didn't ring any bells, but there was this excellent scene in which he was painting his eyebrows on and which I thought like, oh, that is so film of that era. Yes. I appreciated that bit. That, yeah. that stood out to I me. I enjoyed his character. His character yeah. made me want to see Shakespeare, the quoting of Shakespeare lines and whatnot. Totally. Um, and I mean, overall, the thing is about this film is that it's not that I would not recommend to see it. I just don't feel like this is like a film that contributes much to the, like the canon, I guess. Like if I can't say like, oh, if you're into films about this, like if you're into films about like historic Hollywood, I don't even think this is one of the main films you want to see. I think it's the problem. Like, even if you're into Marilyn Monroe, I don't think this is like the film you see if you want to learn more about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I, I thought I expected a little bit, a little bit um, of something else from the movie. So um, not a waste of time at all. No. Um, but a, a decent film. A decent film it was. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their thoughts. Everybody's entitled. 